understated presents LA Underground with Lucan. Girl, I'll house you. Say what? LA Underground. Now give me something to dance to. Dance to. Understated LA. This is only the beginning. Clever the way everything blends together. And my sound's laid down by the underground. LA Underground. About Lucan. Lucan. You're listening to the Understated Recordings Podcast, L.A. Underground. And welcome to Understated Presents LA Underground with me, Rukin. Well, we are obviously in the strangest time of our lives, and I hope you are bearing up okay and weathering the storm. 
and maybe you got a little bit of solace from the understated artist doing a live stream that <laughs> ran for basically three days. I would have jumped in on that, but uh, one of my decks died on me just before we went into lockdown, so unfortunately uh, I wasn't able to join in, but I'm going to try and figure something out if they do another one. I thought I'd start the show off this week with a classic, and a classic to point towards a light at the end of the tunnel. It was Better Days, and that was Jimmy Polo from 1991 with Sasha on the remix. We've actually got an amazing show lined up for you this week with a very special interview with Keyspan and Damon Steele from LAMP, a Los Angeles music project. But coming in right now is a track featured on the Reptile Dysfunction Miami music sampler. Of course, Miami was cancelled, but this is a cracking tune from the label boss himself. This is Dorlian Blantyre with Ill-Informed.
So in the background right now is a track from a great producer from Tenerife called Robert Palmero. This track can be found on Relief Records. It just came out. It's called Something Sweet. So you can listen to our show in lots of different places, but we would really appreciate it if you went over to iTunes and subscribed and left us a review. That would be really cool. And don't forget, you can connect with us and follow us on uh, Understated LA or Understated Recordings. And you can get to me at Rukin Official. Coming up next is a track from an absolute monster of a DJ. If you ever get the chance to see him live, you really should. Um, He always brings it. It's from Low Stepper and it's featuring Reigns. This track's called Wanna Show You and you can find it on Armada Deep.
thing I love about Low Stepper is his tracks are just pure house music and they really snap in the club too. Now coming up next, as promised, is the interview with special guests this week, Keyspan and Damon Steele from Los Angeles Music Project. Uh, we recorded this interview just before we went into lockdown and if you stay till the end, uh, listening back to this now, it's kind of a portentous interview. But I hope you enjoy it and, and straight after the interview is an incredible guest mix from the two of them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So today I'm really excited to bring in two prolific DJs and producers who are based in Los Angeles, but didn't start here. Keyspan, uh, who is now based in LA, uh, originally came from the Bay Area. Um, he's a disco, uh, deep house, progressive, techno DJ. He really has um, an eclectic taste and, and um and an ability to swing any party, and I've seen him in action in all sorts of different vibes. Um, he's also one of the driving forces behind uh, the Los Angeles Music Project, and um, recently kicked off a couple of new events for LAMP, Side to Side and Tessellate. I recently played uh, on a Tessellate show for these guys, and um, it was a ripper of a party, so bravo on that. He's also um, released some music as well. Keyspan um, came out with his first single, which was As Within, which came out via the, the LAMP Collective, and most recently, we were both on the same compilation for our beloved Understated, which was the Volume 2 compilation, and that was a, a collaboration with Hannah Monica um, called Touch, which was a beautiful track. Uh, and he's also um, remixed uh, for a bunch of people as well, and most recently, uh, The Longing, which was uh, an Awakened track. And joining him in, in the studio today is Damon Steele. Damon, um, again, is an outsider. He originally was is from Salt Lake City in Utah, uh, via Oregon, where he began as a hip-hop DJ and then moved to LA and started drifting more into the house territory. He very quickly started producing, uh, has brought out a bunch of music. His first project actually was a four-track EP called Crystal Currents, uh, and that came out on Poozle Records. And Damon's played as his keyspan, but uh, all over the world, basically, you know. And, and in LA, both of these guys can be seen uh, not only on the underground, but amongst some of the, the, the more mainstream and top venues, you know, like Skybar, like Sound, like Exchange, you know, the list goes on. Um, so uh, I'm really excited to bring the pair of you into the studio today. Please welcome Keyspan and Damon Steele. How are you guys doing? Good, Sam. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's it's really my pleasure. And um, so, one at a time. Like, what are you working on right now? What's going on? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like knee deep in production mode right now. Um, trying to finish up a whole bunch of uh, singles, and um, you know, maybe potentially an EP uh, for this year. Just trying to pump out as much music as possible. Um, trying to put some parties together with with this guy right here and and the other guys over at Lamp, and um, also uh, teaching some DJing over at uh, Beat Lab Academy, which is in Eagle Rock. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. And what about you, Keyspan? I'm going to call you Keyspan. Get, 
It says, well, I should say it's this is uh, Keyspan is is Gabe Grossman, but um, you know, <laughs> we, we're only interested in you as an artist today, so I'm going to call you Keyspan for this interview. Keyspan, what are you up to? Yeah, call me as you will. Um, yeah, so in addition to what Damon mentioned, we're working on uh, on throwing some parties in the works, and then in addition to that, just going hard in the in the studio on production. Um, I've got a track on the new Lamp Spectrums 4 compilation that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, I've got an EP done that will hopefully drop at some point this year and another collaboration EP that's in the works with um, with another buddy from the Bay Area. And other than that, yeah, just uh, just grinding at work and um, and uh, and on production. That's awesome. And Damon, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the DJ teaching. How did that come about and and how does it work? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually started as a student at Beat Lab um, in, I think it was 2017. I had already done a little bit of production work and had, had done some education down that road, but kind of wanted to just further my knowledge and uh, Yuda Benatar, the the founder and head instructor at Beat Lab, I just heard he was a phenomenal teacher, and um, you know he's one of the most renowned Ableton instructors on you know the Western Hemisphere. So uh, I wanted to learn from him, and um, so yeah, went out there and took the class and was really inspired and learned a lot from uh, the instructors there, and um, it was cool. I was you know in 2018. Uh, shortly afterwards, I was kind of looking for just some kind of work to do that was, you know, somewhat in in the music industry and, um, you know, that would be fun and inspiring. And I thought teaching could be a cool thing. And there was no uh, DJ program at B-Lab and I'd seen it at other schools like Point Blank and, and Garnish, for example. And I was like, you know, I could probably try my hand at this. And so they kind of just gave me the opportunity to put together a curriculum um and so i did it and it was kind of like you know we'll give you a shot at this and if it works it works and if not you know no sweat so um yeah we went ahead with the class and just a little bit over two years into it now so um yeah it's been going good that's really awesome um and you also have uh you also have a pretty interesting day job, don't you, that is in the music industry. Tell us about that. I do, yeah. So um, I work for a company called Orpheum, um, which is a tech startup based in Malibu. And our kind of whole thing is we deal with music rights management for um, basically the majority of the major labels and publishers, Warner Music Group, Warner Chapel, Sony. Um, and yeah, we basically just collect revenue and synchronization um, for them through the World Wide Web and uh, basically just provide them revenue through that. Very cool. So Keyspan, uh, talk us through how LAMP began and how you became involved in it. Yeah, good question. So in terms of how LAMP began, <laughs> I'm definitely not, um, you know, the most qualified to speak to that. So LAMP had, um, has been in uh, action for coming up on seven years now. We have our seven year anniversary party um, coming up on, on April 4th. 
And um, I've actually personally only been involved for about two years. So there's a whole rich history of LAMP. Um, Damon was involved um, significantly longer before I joined, so he can speak to some more of the history as well. But um, in terms of how I got connected with LAMP, uh, I got connected through uh, Josh Brooks. We both went to UCLA together. And, uh, or not together, but we both are alumni of UCLA and uh, got connected through a mutual friend from there uh, a couple years ago. And that's how, how I got involved. But there's definitely a, a rich history there with, with LAMP before my time in terms of uh, being, uh, you know, tastemakers, throwing shows, uh, releasing tracks through the label um, and uh, an incredible SoundCloud channel that they have, um, you know, that, that, uh, that the team worked on far before I was involved. Yeah, so um, Damon, tell us a little bit about the beginning of the Los Angeles Music Project and, and what the ethos was and 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 sure, yeah, where it's at right now. Yeah, I could definitely touch on that. Um, yeah, I mean, likewise for me, I, I've I've only been involved since 2016, so um, only about four of the seven years. Um, but you know, from spending a lot of time. Uh, with the founders, um, Alex Slater and, and Josh Brooks, who both also amazing producers and DJs in their own right. Um, yeah, basically, you know, I think Josh and Alex met each other, um, you know, roughly seven, eight years ago out here in LA. And, you know, Alex was kind of more focused on, you know, graphic design and, um, you know, sort of the visual aspect of things he had he had his own brand uh called puzzle which was sort of a, a taste making um uh, platform that he had um he also did you know t-shirts and stuff like that and he uh met josh who you know was already pretty well established as a dj um and was kind of trying to dive further into that and so they had this idea of making lamp um and the whole kind of ethos of it was sort of like, you know, a project, uh, sort of an ongoing um, platform where they could have a creative outlet uh, as well as provide a platform for new and upcoming uh, artists. And they started doing that with a mix series that they would do uh, every single week. So it started out just Josh doing it. And then as Alex got more into DJing, he started doing some and then um they you've, started, had some, you've had some really amazing guests already right yeah yeah um yeah we've had some incredible guests uh durante kill frenzy uh, worthy uh, a bunch of amazing artists um so yeah it's been a it's been a good run with that and and uh, yeah we've kind of we've kind of slowed it up a little bit um in this year but we're kind of you know, we're kind of just shifting and trying out different channels as, as SoundCloud kind of, you know, I mean, it's 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 relevant, but it, maybe not in the same way that it, that it was when when they started out. And so we're kind of just trying to find new avenues for uh, taste making and to kind of uh, get that creative outlet out there. So, yeah. And what are the plans for LAMP going forward? What are the hopes and dreams for the for the project? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of at an interesting point right now because we're all, you know, we're sort of all in, in kind of different different stages of, of what it is that we're doing. And we're all kind of, you know, very busy with our own uh, sort of projects and, and aspirations. But I think we're, you know, going to continue to uh, continue to do the shows, continue to do, uh, 
our, our taste making and possibly finding different avenues for that. Um, but kind of the primary things that we have coming up uh, is, as Gabe mentioned, we have our seven year anniversary on April 4th with uh, Darius at the Echoplex, which we're super excited about. We're partnering with La Faire Musicale and Orlov Entertainment, uh, two really good buddies of ours. And I think that's going to be an awesome show. Um, so we'll be playing that. Uh, Josh and Alex, the founders, will be playing that. Uh, and our other friend uh, at LAMP, uh, Clavette, will be joining us as well. So um, that'll be a fun night. And then we also have uh, Tessellate, our, our monthly that we do at Pattern Bar, starting back up uh, in May. So that's kind of the immediate future for us. Brilliant. So much good stuff coming up. Yeah. Now, both of you are transplants to Los Angeles. And I'm curious to know from each of you, maybe we'll start with you, uh, Keyspan, but how that has affected you creatively coming to LA. And uh, kind of a two-pronged question, really, which is, do you think that there's because because LA is 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 um, a very transient community, and I'm wondering how you think that impacts creativity and the scene in general here. Yeah, it's an interesting question, um, and for me, I think Los Angeles has had such a formative uh, sort of effect on my development as an artist and just who I am as a person, I would say. Um, uh, when I first came to LA, I got really interested in, I was always in, into music before, but I got really interested in like the kind of beat scene that was down here, like Brain Feeder, Flying Lotus, Toki Monsta, No Such Thing. A lot of that music that was, um, that was really big at the time, low in theory, all that stuff. Um, and I think that that musical influence had a big, uh, big impact on me. Um, and then after that, just living in the area, like uh, going to a lot of the festivals down here, Coachella or Splash House or uh, Lightning in a Bottle, whatever those may be, um, that that was really what exposed me to a lot of, uh, you know, house music, techno. And, uh, and a lot of the electronic music that I've become really passionate about and I'm currently quite immersed in. So um, I think they're, LA and sort of the vibe and feeling of LA has had a huge, huge formative effect. I think to your question about the uh, transience, transient nature of the place or the sort of transplants that tend to accumulate here. Um, yeah, I think like, uh, LA is such a has been for me such a, a cool experience interpersonally because um, my personal experience not that this is some universal truth but my personal experience has been that that being here the people I run into and encounter tend to be um, pretty like autonomous and, and pursuing their own dreams and, and going after what they really believe in and it's something that um, that I resonate with and that that I think makes it easier to connect in a certain kind of way. So like we have that sort of um, we're all sort of uh, feels like working on our own things. And in a certain sense, that could be isolating. But I've really found it to be very nourishing and have um, really met um, some some of the most incredible people I've ever met down here. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of my quick take on it. What about you, Damon? Um, yeah, I would say that I've had like a very similar experience. Um, 
and just touching on, on what Gabe just said, I think, um, you know, it's when I first moved out here, I was, I was, you know, started at production school pretty much immediately. So I was kind of, you know, surrounded by, uh, people in the industry, people working on, on trying to, you know, make music their, uh, livelihood. And, you know, it was, it was super inspiring for me, um, just to see, you know, people who are like fully all in on that. Um, cause like, you know, where I'm from in Salt Lake, it was very, very few and far between anybody who was actually seriously working towards a career in the music industry. And you know, is there a, what's the scene like that? What's going on in Salt Lake City? I mean, do you know what it's like now and what was it like then? Yeah, um, it's definitely gotten a lot cooler, I think, now than, than when I was there. I think just the city in general has kind of uh, begun to flourish a little bit more culturally. Um, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Salt Lake, it's kind of a major hub for the Mormon church. And, um, you know, it was pre predominantly uh, Mormon when, when I was there. And um, I would say Salt Lake itself has, as the population's kind of exploded uh, in that time. And it's, you know, people just coming in from all over the place because the cost of living is very low and there's a lot of like good paying jobs. So, and it's, and it's gorgeous. Um, so uh, a lot of people have, have moved out there. And I think as a result, it's kind of become a little bit uh, culturally more open and there's kind of more interesting stuff going on uh, artistically. So, yeah, I mean, back in, back when I was, you know, out there, it was kind of, I don't know, I guess a little bit, there was, you know, maybe one or two clubs going on and then kind of, um, you know, there was a rave scene, but it was kind of sort of just like the most, you know, generic, like top tier, you know, billings of, of artists who were coming in. There wasn't really anything from the underground or any kind of like diversity in that sense. It was kind of just like, you know, whatever is at the the very top of the of the charts was, was who was coming out there, so. Um, yeah. you've, come on, you've come on quite a big musical journey, haven't you? I mean, you know, starting with all of your hip hop roots to yeah. where you are now, knowing what you, knowing what, what we can, ex what, what I would expect to hear from you um, in a club tonight. Yeah. It's very different to where you started. So I'm curious to know, like, what was the evolution of that journey? And also now when you're playing, are you, are you still like, is there some hip hop? uh innards in you absolutely trying to get out you know absolutely i mean when i first when i first started out i was i was very fortunate that i had i had two friends close to me who were both like very you know keyed in on music and were like you know trying to pursue that in a serious way um so one friend of mine was was a rapper hip-hop artist and um he you know he had generated some buzz in the city um he kind of sort of groomed me a little bit to kind of you know just really basic stuff about the industry and um and at a certain point in time um he needed a new dj and i just so happened to um have recently purchased some turntables so uh you know my first opportunities djing were with him um for you know first one was like a sold out show opening for currency in salt lake city um, there were like 400 people there and it was my first time ever stepping on stage with any sort of turntables and it was it was awful it was trash on my end but we got the baptism of fire yeah yeah and it worked out um, 
but kind of simultaneously as that was going on, I had another friend who was uh, like very immersed in so sort of like um, kind of more underground house music and trance and techno and all this stuff, um, who was kind of sort of pushing me along the DJing producer type route. Um, so I had kind of both of those influences from from the get go. Um, so, you know, I kind of started out doing the hip hop stuff because the opportunity was there. Um, and I think that was that was good to kind of push me into, you know, seeing what playing live was like and and getting those opportunities and kind of getting it out of the way. Um, but then as you know, our uh, partnership with, with me DJing for my friend who is a rapper as that kind of ended was kind of like, OK, what do I actually you know, want to do, what do I feel like playing? And, you know, I'd always been into electronic music. And um, when I eventually moved to Oregon, um, I went, started going to school at the University of Oregon. I would DJ um, like frat parties and house parties and underground rave type things and tailgates and stuff like that. And, um, so, you know, I would kind of cover the full spectrum of, um, you know, top 40 and rap and hip hop and the stuff that everybody wants to hear, those types of things. Um, but I would also kind of uh, sneak in sort of my my taste as, as in electronic music and, and hip hop as well. So, and then when I got out here, um, I kind of decided I was going to take a break from DJing. I was going to focus on production and I wasn't going to play any shows until I was getting booked as like an artist, um, which I think was a good, good decision because I was, you know, it didn't really pigeonhole me into being like, oh, he's a top 40 guy, oh, he's a bar guy, or he does this. Um, so I think that was a good decision. And then, you know, getting DJ shows eventually for, for Lamp and other people starting out, I was able to kind of, you know, fully express what it was that I was into. Um, and yeah, you're right, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of hip hop influence in there, uh, along with the house and, you know, funk and disco and R&B and all that stuff, so yeah. And how did you two meet Keyspan? Yeah, we, uh, Damon and I met through LAMP. So uh, yeah, a couple years ago, basically we connected through um, through that collective. I came on as a new new member to the crew and uh, Damon and I just hit it off and uh, started, uh, started working on throwing shows together through that and then um, ended up just finding that we had common common uh common ground in terms of music and, and started playing shows uh, back to back and uh i've just struck up a really awesome friendship through that and when you go back to back are you two um how's it work is it just one 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 or is it, is it something right you go for a few then i'll go for a few or do you talk about what you're going to do beforehand do you have dinner how's it work <laughs> <laughs> typically it's uh it's the Dirt, you know, the set starts. We're both standing there, and one of and one of us will be like, "Do you want to? You want to go first? You want to go first? Sort of like figuring out on the spot a little bit. But uh, it, it kind of depends on the mood. A lot of times we will go one one track, one track. Other times we'll do a couple tracks each, something like that, to kind of get the flow going. But uh, it's always very uh, improvisational in nature. It's something I really appreciate about uh, DJing with Damon and. and uh, we're both kind of on the same page about that, that, that things should flow uh, naturally from what the, what the room is doing and what the feeling is in the space and being present with, uh, with what's going on. So uh, in that sense, it's, it, you know, from my side, it always feels very natural and it's not something that's sort of contrived beforehand. It's always coming from the heart. Yeah. 
Love that. So this is the point in the show where we premiere a track um, from somebody we're talking to. And Damon, you've, you've got a track for us this time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so this is a track I have coming out uh, on March 20th on Puzzle Records. Uh, track's called Destination Anywhere, uh, featuring Ro. Uh, Ro's this amazing artist from London um, that I actually met last summer. She reached out to uh, the Lamp Instagram, kind of cold, and was just looking for any cool producers, artists to work with uh, while she was visiting LA. Uh, and I happened to be checking the Lamb Instagram that day, so um, I ended up giving her my contact info, and you know, she ended up coming by, coming by my studio, and we kind of just cranked the song out uh, in a matter of, of a day, basically, which is all the time that we really had. So <laughs> it worked out pretty good. Um, I was able to finish the track after she left, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Out next Friday on Puzzle Records. Awesome. So coming up right now is a track from Damon Steele featuring Roe. This is Destination Anywhere.
such a great vocal on that track, isn't it? No wonder you uh, hit it off with her. Yeah, she's amazing. Great work. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So just a little bit of time left. We are um, in the middle of the pandemic. And there's a lot of serious stuff going on in the world right now. So why are we doing any of this? <laughs> What's it all about? Gabe, do you want to you take that one? <laughs> <laughs> I know this you is going deep, but, I'm like, but, I, but like, seriously, like, I'm curious to know, you know, a time like this, like, we are one, we are three of hundreds of DJs and producers in Los Angeles, in their studios, making stuff, wanting to go out and play it. And I want, and, and you know, many of us are not sustained by this alone, right? It's one, one, one yeah. string of our bow. So I'm curious to know like what the driving force is and why it matters. I think, uh, I mean, I can, I, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily speak to the, to the pandemic or to, uh, to COVID or anything like that. Um, that's, ju that's just context. Fair <laughs> enough. But I think just, uh, just speaking personally, I mean, uh, I do pursue this and do this because there's a deep internal drive and need to to pursue this and to share um, share great music and and sounds that I'm passionate about with other people. Um, I definitely in, in my life I went through I was always very passionate about music, but I went through a period of um, you know trying to live my life without pursuing that and to um, to just focus on in my case it was the corporate um you know career that i was pursuing and um to you know <laughs> did everything i could to just kind of make that work and uh and live that life without the pursuit of these highly impractical and uh in many cases um difficult to to make a living with uh arts but um what i found was just that it didn't really produce uh a life that was um really enjoyable to live or that I was, you know, able to sustain living in a way that made sense to me. And it, uh, it was pretty, you know, the, the world and, and kind of my, uh, experience of it gave pretty strong signals that it was like, Hey, you need to, um, to pay attention to this, this stuff that you're really passionate about. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta listen to that. So for me, that was, um, that was kind of where it came from. It's like, uh, it, there's not really another, um, another alternative, but to, to pursue this, uh, you know, these things that I'm so incredibly passionate about. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of been my, my experience of it. No, that's a great answer to the question. And you know, the point is what you're talking about is the primal need of an artist to create and export work. Right? Yeah. Would you say that you feel the same way about that, Damon? Yeah, um, I, I totally do. And uh, yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I feel the same way. I've always felt super passionate about, about sharing music with people and uh, exposing them to new stuff. And even when I was in like, I don't know, like fifth, sixth grade, I would make like mixtapes, CDs for my friends and, and <laughs> hand them out back when that was a thing. Um, but uh yeah and i think i don't know in, in terms of just like making music and um you know i guess also what i do with teaching i i think 
you know, music is something that's like always helped me out uh, through through dark points in my life. And, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons that I wanted to be an artist is to kind of reciprocate that feeling to other people. Um, and I guess with teaching, like, you know, if I could if I could help or even, you know, with performing and making music, if I can help inspire you know, other people to uh, pursue that same that same passion and to help facilitate them, um, you know, doing what it is that they love, then I think that's worthwhile for me. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, even in, in these seemingly dark times, I think, you know, I want to still strive to do that however, however possible. Yeah, I just want to just piggyback on that real quick. I think, uh, Damon, you hit on a really like important point that's sort of at the crux of it, which is that like in in my experience of it, at least like music is something that serves to uh, create connection between people. And definitely that's how I've experienced it in my life as in, in times where maybe it was um, easy to feel disconnected or feel alone or isolated. Music can, you know, music has always been that thing that um, you know, you hear a song that's really incredible and it, it makes you feel like somebody else understands you because you can resonate with something in that, in that music. Um, and I think the world, like, you know, in these <laughs> insane times of who knows what's going on in the world, um, I think there's, there's little doubt that probably what we need more than anything else is, is genuine connection and understanding uh, between people. And I think it would, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, you know, a, a more efficient path towards that than, than some of the stuff that we're working on, you know, music and, and, uh, and sharing music with others. 100%. Now, you both um, travel around and DJ. So if you're going somewhere for one night, what are the three most important things that you have to pack as a DJ? Um, I'm going to go first. Okay. Let's hear it at least one clean pair of underpants <laughs> at least <laughs> and i'm I, by the way we're not including equipment sure okay so i'm saying that i'm saying a toothbrush and toothpaste and um um i think that's it i think that's it i think actually it's made two most important things underpants and the toothbrush and toothpaste i respect that I guess I'm going to include my headphones. Like, if you don't take your headphones, it's just it's <laughs> ah, no sunglasses. Ooh, sunglasses for the next day. Yeah, classic pick. No, no one wants to be on that plane. No, without sunglasses, absolutely not. Some good snacks are always practical. Uh, I always throw like a <laughs> protein bar or two in uh, in the bag if I'm traveling anywhere. Uh, and uh, I think that's always a sensible thing in case uh, in case hunger attacks. <laughs> Damon, what's the one thing you're upset that you've forgotten? I said it was three, but I think I've named the, the top three, honestly. So Dave, what, what is, give me one extra thing. People want to know this stuff about DJs. Um, I often regret, um, this might be TMI for some people, but I, I always regret uh, not bringing like a rag to to wipe sweat <laughs> once you start really getting going especially on those like bigger stages with like the led walls behind you like those things start burning up and then like the heat of the crowd just like rises up at you i, I found like especially at uh exchange having played that a couple of times like that 
stage for whatever reason is is a million degrees and, and they're not providing towels um I, I, not to the support acts that's that's a headliner okay <laughs> well you know what you should, you should stop making that dance floor so hot yeah yeah that's that's the issue i think okay and one more question um so um let's say that tonight you're DJing a party and during the party you find out that coronavirus has got so bad yeah that there's gonna be uh, like a total quarantine we don't know for how long no one's no one knows when they're gonna be on a dance floor again what's the last track you play them Gabe I think I, I think I could answer this for both of us uh, you know what to do Get in there. <laughs> um, I think for both of us, we would select uh, Sometimes the Going Gets a Little Tough by Finn. Oh. We would uh, probably go for the Robosonic uh, remix on that one. Couldn't have said I it any better. It. Yeah, that's the one right there. There it is. Well, coming up right now, um, drifting its way in in the background is uh, an exclusive mix from Keyspan and Damon Steele. Um, thank you guys for coming on the show um, and uh, I'll see you at the seventh birthday uh, and no doubt sometime before that as well as well so thanks for coming on thanks, thanks Sam cheers all right see ya the guest mix
that guest mix and what a beautiful couple of guests they were to have on the show as well and I'm really glad that they were our first of our lockdown guests so I hope you stay healthy and I hope you stay safe and from all of us at Understated we wish you a strong journey through this tough time and we'll be back on the other side of it with parties and releases and so much good positive energy. In the meantime, uh, we'll be dropping a new podcast every two weeks as per normal. And we've got some great guests lined up in the coming weeks. So for now, that was LA Underground for Understated with me, Rukin. Till the next one. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.
understated LA. 